You're on Welcome to the Clam Bake. It's a it's a very special episode, I would say. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> special episode. Um, we're here, I think, the earliest in the morning we ever have been. Yeah, we usually record <laughs> at night after our day jobs, but both Angela and I are not working today, so it's perfect. And for probably the the best reason I can think imaginable right yeah. now. Yeah, we have some amazing students from South Florida from my alma mater, Dreyfus School of the Arts, joining us um, to talk about gun control in the wake of the Parkland shooting. Stoneman, I like to say the name of the high school, Stoneman Douglas High School, because they're my neighbor when I grew up. Um, but I would love to let you uh, ladies and uh, also my fellow Dreyfus alumni, now Dreyfus teacher, Brad Barfield, um, introduce yourselves a little bit and tell us a bit about each of you, and then we'll dig into these um, intense questions in a time of intensity and a time of hopefully change. But go ahead, guys. Great. Uh, well, thank you so much for inviting us to come on. I am Brad Barfield. I teach acting, directing, theater history here at Dreyfus School of the Arts. I did graduate in 1999. Um, it is a pleasure to be back here, but it's even uh, more of a pleasure to work with the, the type of students that I get to work with on a daily basis. Um, I'll let these uh, lovely, strong young ladies introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Aaliyah Besh. I'm a senior at Dreyfus School of the Arts, and uh, I'm a theater major. I'm Juliette Perel. I'm a junior, and I'm a theater major. I'm Nicole White. I'm also a senior and a theater major. All of you are just women after my own heart. I went to public school, but God, would I have just bent over backwards to go to an art school and be able to call myself a theater major in high school. That just sounds like the dream. <laughs> it, it, it was the dream. I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, a, it's the best high school in the country. No big deal. <laughs> um Thank you guys again for joining us. Um, I mean, our first question is an unbelievably intense, but it's amazing to hear your voices and hear fellow Dreyfus students. But um, what was it like being in high school in South Florida the day that the day the shooting happened, which was just like a young two and a half weeks ago? Um, I mean, I I think it was just kind of like. I don't know. How, it, it was really shocking, to say the least, because it's the kind of thing that you look at. And like, even though you know that school shootings happen and they're awful and they're terrible, it's just it is so different when it happens in your own backyard. And I think it was just also like the scale of it, how many people died and just how violent it was. And so it was just it was interesting to like see everybody go from feeling safe to unsafe so quickly, even though it wasn't our school. It was like we felt like we were there, even though we were far away from them. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, real quick. How cl how close are the two high schools? We're there 40 miles away from us. Wow. Wow. Okay. Man. And and actually, our school takes students from all over the county. So so we go all the way from north in Jupiter. We're the largest uh, largest county in the state of Florida. So we go all the way from the north in Jupiter, out west to Belle Glade, all the way down south to Boca. So some students uh, uh, that attend our school are literally neighbors and wow. friends with a lot of the, the, the students over at Stoneman Douglas. I, I live in Boca, which is um, 10 minutes north of, I mean, I drive south on 441 for 10 minutes and I'm there. Wow. How terrifying. Yeah. Was yeah. there a certain protocol in school that day? Like, does some do you guys have to go on lockdown when stuff like that happens that close by, or were you watching the coverage? Um, by the time I had found out about it, I was already in my car on the way home. Yeah, I we I think we all heard about it toward the end of the day. So our school gets out at three forty. 
Um, and I'll be I'll be honest, uh, you know, as a teacher, at, 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 when I don't have something after school, I sort of just tend to get in my car and go and just do the monotonous drive home, um, which I did. But on the way, I, I started to hear, you know, things t- speaking about it over the radio. And, and obviously my interest was was uh, in for all the students safety. Uh, I went home and I just sort of uh, attached myself to the TV and I and I didn't move. I, I don't believe until until my fiance came home, you know, several hours later, I just, uh, you know, was just aghast at some of the things, the images I was seeing, hearing the the students coming out of the school, um, recounting what was happening to them. It was all very, you know, present, all the local news uh, organizations were there, but hearing some of these kids have such profound things to say, you know, an hour after going through probably one of the most traumatic events in, in their life. And not just the students that we've seen, you know, in the, in the media lately, but, but, you know, and in, in, all of the students, sophomores, freshmen, they all had really um, smart, passionate things to say right away uh, afterwards. And it was really remarkable. And I remember the day that it happened, like in terms of social media, a lot of the kids that go to Stoneman Douglas were posting videos on Snapchat and so uh, I, re- I remember seeing those videos. Like I watched a video that was this kid. He just seemed to be like videotaping the room. And then all of a sudden in the background, you heard like four gunshots go oh, off. Oh my God. And everybody started screaming. And so there was a lot of videos like that circulating. Which And that was what got me. Like I heard oh. about it and I was like, oh my God, that's awful. And then when I watched the videos and I heard it, I thought about like being in that situation and just having to sit there. And it's it just like, I felt the fear. So I can't even imagine how they must have felt. Um. One of one of my closer friends from from camp over the summer, we're in the same bunk. She, I found out from her, and she goes to the school. I I got in my car too, and in our group chat from like all of our summer friends, she had said like I'm in I'm on lockdown. Like oh. there's a shooter in my school right now. Like, and I called her immediately. I thought it would have been over. Like I don't know. I didn't. Know. I called her. Her phone went straight to voicemail, and I called her mom, and her mom was like yeah they're they're on lockdown they ha- apparently all the kids had to turn off their phones at a certain point i don't really i don't is I that don't so that like the lines were free for emergency i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it could have been um i do I, I know that they were experiencing significant over um you know overage in terms of the call station my my fiance does work as a 911 dispatcher and she oh, was wow. on the west she was she was on the west boca uh, radio station and you know because Palm Beach County is right close to there so she was receiving a lot of the calls from the parents and the upset you know uh, uh, local neighbors and all of that around the school as well it was it was a definitely a, a communication problem at the time <clears throat> wow that's that that's intense so for the next day going into school what I'm sure it was like the main topic of discussion how did you guys even address it um in school and, um, and as a teacher, Brad, like how did you facilitate conversation around every what everybody was feeling? I'm, we talked about it in all of my classes going into school that day. I talked about it with all of my teachers in terms of what, you know, what do we do in that situation and where do we go? Um, and my English teacher, my third period teacher, his wife works at Stoneman Douglas. So he wasn't there the next day, but he was there next week. And we talked about it then. And I just remember coming back to school, they, they've put in a lot of changes in security since the shooting happened at um, Stoneman Douglas. There's all of the doors are locked now. Um, you're not allowed to leave class during the first 10 minutes or last 10 minutes of class. Uh, you, we, have to, we have IDs now that they just gave us. Wow. 
So it's just a lot of changes happening. And so it really did open up a dialogue, though, which I think was important because I think it helped everybody realize that we were all kind of feeling the same way because it's hard to feel so unsafe somewhere that you're supposed to feel safe to grow and feel like you have no control over it because you can't vote. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and I mean, as we kind of touched on very briefly at the top, like Dreyfus is like such a special safe place because it's a school where people have chosen to go there. So I just can't even imagine to like feel unsafe there, like makes me want to start crying. It's just like such a special place. It's wow. Well, and at the same time, Dreyfus, because of the style of, of, kids that we are there's a lot more uh, freedom at this school that that doesn't exist really in other schools like I think that we're probably one of the only schools in the county that didn't already have IDs that we had to carry around and wear on our necks or um I mean the you remember classes during the day Lindsay I mean students would be in you know in other buildings you know just 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 to film a movie or something along those lines. Right. That's not that's not happening as much anymore. You know, yeah. you, need to, you need to pass. You need to know where people. You know, and I and it's part of my responsibilities now to walk around and and to make sure students aren't just out in the hallways, but that they're doing something. You know, uh, progressive with their with their art or something along those. We lines. have hall monitors now. Every period, teachers take turns um, monitoring the only unlocked doors in the building. Wow. And I mean. Something, some, another thing is, we, since we're always roaming um, at this floor, we had been always roaming, um, you, it, was, it was easy to, you know, kind of, if, if you want to leave and grab lunch, like you call your mom, your mom calls you out, and, you, and a group of people, like we can walk to City Place and get lunch together, like you can't, I mean. Yeah, it's just it's always harder. been Everything's such a harder. relaxed environment, so it's just really jarring to go, like, it really like it just did a 180 like so quickly because we went with reason yeah no with reason and they they did it correctly but it's just it's jarring to adjust to going from a campus that's so open and loose on like rules because of the kind of school we are to then being in a hyper aware of our safety Mm -hmm. yeah we um in terms of what it was like on the day the day after um I, I think there's a sense of a teacher, you know, you always want to come into the class with a goal. And on the, on those days, uh, there's, there's no lesson plan. You, you really have to allow students to process uh, <clears throat> however they're going to. You know, we, we had an open dialogue. A lot of the students were, you know, discussing their, their close connections to the school, to the students that were affected by it. You know, we didn't know all the names of the students at that time. We were still waiting to, you know, uh, students were trying, waiting to find out whether or not their friends were one of the ones on the list. You know, it was it was a very scary day. Um, but then later in the day, you know, as you as you get your older students or or, or students who've been in every class where they've talked about it, um you sort of you know have to read the room so we did a we did an improv show um you know that day just to just to sort of allow students to laugh and 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 have a different feeling um we you know in in my fourth hour we didn't touch upon it we just we just uh you know focused on theater and and playing games and you know sort of forgetting about some of that and that and that was that was all just based on you know my intuition as a teacher are these students being do they do they need a break do they do they need to process and whatever that is it, you know you just sort of accept and allow them to to sort of take the lead on those days it's 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 you, you don't you don't know what to say 
you know, it's it's yeah. a it's a really odd feeling to have as a teacher when you when you when the answer to their question is I, I don't know, I don't have any good answer as to why or how this could have happened. Yeah, yeah. What a gift to have art so readily available for processing during that time, though. That's that's. that's yeah, really it cool. is a special place. It yeah. is a special place to be able to. To, you know, and 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 the the students are so great uh, here uh, in terms of supporting one another and 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 you know um, being the person to pick them up when they're feeling down and 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 that's it. they do it for me as a teacher too. So it's it's uh you know it's it, it's very much a different form of an atmosphere, um, but I but I think that there was a sense of that in every school in South Florida uh, the day the day of the day after that that no matter what we are people who want to learn want to teach and and we should feel safe being able to do that type of stuff yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> um it's crazy that it's just it's just crazy that these conversations are even happening but 100 <sighs> um i know that you just participated in a walkout there at dreyfus can you tell us um the purpose of the walkout and if you felt it was an effective means of getting your your purpose across? I mean, I, for, for me personally, the purpose of the walkout was, I mean, more about just making the public aware that it's not just Doman Douglas that's involved. Like they're not, they're not the only ones that are in on this, on this fight for change that as teenagers in the public school system, we're all standing with them and we're all there to support them and we're all fighting with them. It's not just them. Yeah, I think it, I think it was a lot of like making sure, cause we had kids at the walkout. We had kids from Stoneman Douglas. We had three kids from Stoneman Douglas come and speak and wow. share their experiences with us. And we also had a lot of kids from our school read poems and spoken words and somebody sang a, or a couple people sang songs. And it was just like a really nice time to come together and show support for them while also showing our politicians and our policymakers that we're not just, we're not going to take this sitting down and we're not going to be quiet or forget because even though we may not have been directly affected by it it wasn't our school but it just as easily could have been and nobody is going to let it go this time yeah why do you uh, go ahead I, I i had uh again this was another one of those read the room type days um i had my seniors first hour and i and i knew a little bit about it but uh, they had they had all their materials ready to go and 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 sort of I just let them know that it was going to be a relaxed day and then and they they automatically ripped, whipped out their posters and and started working on them in the room and so we so we just listened to music and 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 had a dialogue and talked about ideas to put them on their post you know and 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 I to I've told these kids since they were freshmen that you know that what they say and do is important and that you have to use your art and whatever whatever way you can to to have your voices heard. And it was really, it was a, it was a special day for me to see them sort of exercise that right. And, and to, you know, uh, obviously I, I had to stay on campus for the students that didn't go and, and, and my duties here, you know, but obviously I watched over Facebook and, and, and cheered them on. And, you know, the thing that I told them is, is, well, I've told them this for years, but this all everything in the world is always going to boil down to money, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what I've seen over the last few days of all these um, big companies pulling their names from, from donations and, and, and exporting goods doing, you know, what they're doing, uh, you know, obviously 
going after the pocketbooks <laughs> um, with protest in a peaceful way is the is the best way to get things done. And I, and I, I supported them every in every aspect walking out that day and, and, and really making making their voices heard. And, and the, the mayor praised them. Our, our school principal praised them. Um, so I don't think, you know, I think the only people that you're hearing negative things from are, are the are the the people behind their screens who, who aren't going out and doing anything, you know, but but uh, the ones who know that this is what it takes to create change are, are offering our young people awesome support. And it's, it's interesting to me to see that, like a lot of us as children, we take we take our voices and we do choose. We choose to protest peacefully. And then a lot of the adults I noticed who who feel that their rights are being taken away by us conducting these protests, they tend to get really defensive and aggressive because um, 1,200 of our students walked out and we only have 1,400. So that's wow. an insane, that, like that's an insane proportion to see that this many kids are supportive of this change. And I shared a post about it that the Palm Beach, that the Palm Beach Post wrote. I shared an article that they wrote and my uncle commented on it and he referred to, he said, you guys are all a bunch of brain dead morons. And I what? was like, all oh. right. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and then every, I like, I didn't even say anything cause I didn't like, you know, but a lot of my friends commented things and it was just interesting to see that like when his first instinct was to be like aggressive and mean and like insult us, everybody else who responded to him, their instinct was to just use tact and be polite and say, well, why do you feel the need to insult? You know, it's just interesting to see that a lot of the adults are behaving like children and a lot of the children are behaving like adults. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we go to school at right, right in front of the bridge to, to get into Palm beach, which is where Mar-a-Lago sits, where oh, um, yes, yeah, and, Donald Trump um, is right there. <laughs> and so there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who oppose us in the area i would say mm -hmm. and um i was really excited i don't know if, i don't know if you guys noticed this but i was really like overwhelmed and excited when we were walking from oh, and school and people were honking and the, there was a woman crying like standing crying yeah people were so, so proud of us and so proud but then of course you know there's always the there's always the negative response we while there was all of that but i don't know if you guys noticed this either but there was one car out of the sea of cars. The guy with the gold Donald Trump shirt. Yeah, the guy wearing a gold Donald Trump shirt, and he rolled down his windows and was booing us, and you know, flipping us off, and 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 wow. no one, and and you know, I think that the people expect kids to be immature about this kind of thing, but we all just kept marching. Yeah, nobody doing, retaliated. No one, no one reacted. We were all just like, okay anyway and kept doing what we were doing it's just so and a lot of the a lot of those common commandos you know that we're, we're generalizing these kids and saying oh i think it's funny to me i don't know why this whole tide pod thing is like such an insult you know but that was <laughs> they're like go was, eat your tide pods number one yeah, go eat some tide pods go back like to class and, and you know I mean, just the idea that these kids can't have a, a rational thought at the age they are is is uh is ignorant, you know, and, and that's that's what people rely on during arguments is falling back on their own ignorance. And the people who are trying to change their minds are the people who also did walkouts for the Vietnam War. And we exactly. saw how much of an impact that walkout made. And yeah. so we're just trying to do the same impact because if we don't, then it just then slowly becomes more and more normalized. Yeah, because the more complacent we let ourselves become, the worse it's going to get. And also, I'm, I'm in a class outside of school now that's studying the Holocaust and... 
the, all of those revolutions, all of those uprisings, it wasn't held by the, you know, the 80-year-old men who were, you know, weak in, in the game <laughs> yeah. and that couldn't do anything. It was it was the kids, the kids who wanted to change and who had a future ahead of them and, and had a life that, that they didn't want to, they, they wanted to have a better life than what they had. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make change for our future. Yeah. And, but the, it's our future that, that we're trying to change. It's, yeah. It's not theirs. And, but I think that's why they're, they're getting so defensive and they're being so aggressive is because they're scared that we're actually going to win and they know we will. So they're, yeah, they're frightened. What you guys are my hero I, heroes real. as well. <laughs> um, I mean, wow. I can't. I can't imagine what it's like to be there right now. And sometimes I forget that that like just over the bridge, as you were saying, is like the symbolism of our president. And I'm sure that galvanizes people who support him. It but really does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a, a, along the lines of what you guys were saying of, of being the change and, and rising up, why do you think this particular shooting has given such a voice to an uprising and what is different about this one? Uh, I just want to like take a moment to say like that, that the, the fact that we have to ask that question is so heartbreaking. Yeah, and it's crazy. Twisted. Yeah. Why, this Why is one? this yeah. school shooting where children are yeah. murdered different? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I think because at least at least with Sandy Hook, those kids were too young really to, to understand. understand. I mean, oh, listen, they under they understood. They understood a bad guy came into our school with a gun and killed my friends. Like they understand that. But they don't, they don't have the voice. They don't have the voice to to speak out. They don't they haven't been in classes where they've had the opportunity to debate and research and things like that. This is something that we're versed on. We're we're at an and age where we watch the news. I mean, honestly, I think that it's just that we've all been growing up with mass shootings and seeing them and seeing nothing be done about them. Because mass shootings really started in like 1999, and right when everybody, yeah, right when everybody in my senior class was born. So mm. we literally, from when we were born to right now, have seen so many mass shootings and continued to see adults be complacent. And so I think it was sparked by the ferocity of the kids at Stoneman Douglas, who, in, you know, took their, their fear and their sadness and turned it into an uprising by saying, we're not going to let anybody feel this ever again. And so I think we all as high schoolers just kind of took our cue from them and we were like all right this is our time like this is when we all come together and I think that that also was what it was too is that everybody like you know kids all around the country were doing walkouts at high schools because everybody was so affected by this and I have friends in Israel who walked out in Israel exactly wow. like wow. it's really like a, such a widespread thing and I think that this one I don't I know one thing that really made me so upset about this is that this is a kid like the kid who did this was so obviously mentally ill and had so many issues going on and still was able to legally walk into a gun shop and buy a gun. And I think the reason that it, this, you know, that this mass shooting is so big is because it's bigger than just this mass shooting. I think it just, for everybody who's seen it their whole lives kind of represents all of it, but it just gives us something to pivot on and like use as momentum. And I believe social media nowadays is having a huge impact on this yeah. because since we're all connected, we see places like Australia where there hasn't been a mass shooting since they banned it. And as places like Japan, where a total of six bullets were shot in 2016, we see that things can be improved yet. We're, doing yet we're not doing it. Yeah. And the, I think the social media also just like it, it becomes a, a mob mentality sort of thing. 
but like in a positive way, like you see other people speaking up about this and then you say, I feel this way too. Let me speak up about it. And it's a good way to make sure that the conversation doesn't stop because oftentimes what happens is there's a shooting and people are really sad about it and everybody talks about it and they're like, we need gun laws. And then we stop, which is why I really like that they're doing the March for the living that the Stoneman Douglas kids or March for our lives. Yeah. Not March for the living, <laughs> the March for our lives in DC that the Stoneman Douglas kids organized in March. I, you know, the fact that it's happening a month and a half after the shooting, I mm -hmm. think is good because it's ensuring that the conversation stays open and alive and it, we don't just let it go away. And Cameron, who's one of the kids that's in charge of that March, he said, he said it in a way that, that was kind of funny and it, and it really stoked with me that people were saying, this isn't the time to talk about gun laws. This is the time to grieve. And he said, all right. So a month later, here's the time and yeah. we're, we're going to go march then. Yeah. Because yeah. usually, I mean, you'll see like when this stuff happens, a month goes by and nobody's and it's not in the media anymore. No one's talking about it. So mm -hmm. having this march a month after it happens. It, yeah. And I, and I think it's the, it's, um, you know, the, the intelligence that these young people have, uh, the, the, the way that they're able to, um, <clears throat> not allow themselves to get into an immature response, but, but to realize that they're only going to be heard if they're civil and if they do it through the, through the proper channels and, 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 you know, play the game the way that it's been set up for them to play, but also break the rules of that game as well. Um, and, and to have, you know, students at, at the age that they are be able to speak so, um, fluently and 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 you know inspiring uh, uh, about such a horrible topic uh, obviously only makes uh, other young people uh, want to jump on and, and go with that fight yeah the organizational power that has been put in place so quickly behind this is incredibly impressive and um i i guess it speaks to their unbelievable prowess and your I'm sure yours as well, in social media and using social media for good. Um, it's just beyond impressive of how quickly things have been organized. Brad, um, we keep hearing this, to me, horrifying idea that uh, let's arm the teachers, let's arm the teachers. Uh, what do you <laughs> think of this stance and uh, what does it feel like to, to be in school as a teacher right now? Um, so let me deal with the last part first, uh, before I, before I talk about my, my ability to strap, um, uh, I guess I'll say that it, it's very much a, a reaction by all of the schools right now to raise the safety awareness. Um, I mean, uh, to, to a certain extent, obviously it's a knee jerk reaction, but there's, there is a dialogue and a discussion that's occurring. So I won't say that it's, that it's, um, you know, and anything not being done with the best interest of the students in mind um <clears throat> you know we we are doing extra duty we are sitting during our planning with a walkie-talkie just in case um you know the worst possible thing were to happen but you know um <clears throat> there's only so much one can do in the situation and and you know frankly i don't think I want to be at a school where myself or any other teacher has a, a gun just because of a, all the all the opportunities for that to go problems wrong. to go yeah to occur there's a I million mean, ways there's there's so many things that you know that could occur and so many um and and and, and to just even talk about or or 
to pay any attention to what could occur. I think is only giving it any further um, momentum. And so I, I really don't want to speak to that. I just want to say that, uh, you know, I, I, as every teacher wants the best for their kids, and I don't think giving other teachers guns is going to assist that. Mm -hmm. I will, as a student, I, I don't feel comfortable with it at all. I would. And in a, a case of adrenaline, even don't, I mean, these numbers might be a little off, but even in a scenario with trained police officers, 18% of the time they'll hit the target and the other percent they won't because of this adrenaline. And so imagine teachers who have other responsibilities. Just a few. <laughs> couple, you know, like learning children are now have this huge, huge, huge responsibility to protect us with a gun and locked somewhere that we could find the key. A kid could get the gun. There's just so many things that could go wrong. I mean, I like I personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go to school. Like if they gave my teachers guns, I most definitely would not go to school anymore because it's and if they're trying like they keep saying, like, we're just trying to keep you safe. But that is, the I think, the least safe I could possibly feel. You know, especially in such like it, high school is such an emotionally intense time. And I think that's why it's it's you know, that's the whole issue is that people, all these kids have easy access to guns. So now you're going to surround them with one for every teacher. Like there's so many opportunities. Literally fire, fire also, no, yeah. like, no one has been talking to, about this. What's a handgun that can shoot one bullet gonna every do five to seconds going to do against a, a semi-automatic It's going to do nothing. It's literally... No. They can shoot one bullet while the shooter sprays the room. Like, yeah. that's, what is, what is that? And also, <laughs> some people might not be, you know, it's hard, that's a hard situation to be in. Like, even if it's the right thing to do, to take somebody else's life, like, that's a really hard thing to ask a teacher to do. Like, mm -hmm. if one of your, you have, you could potentially have to kill one of your students, you know, like, that's a really a lot to ask of somebody. I mean, I don't like that my teachers have their, my grade in their hands. I don't want yeah, to like, my life. <laughs> Do you know how unsafe that I read an I read an article the other day about how much danger that would pose to um to students of color and like students in minorities who mm -hmm. already feel uns like think about how unsafe I know a lot of my friends that are people of color feel unsafe around police officers so I can't imagine how they would feel in a school where the people who are teaching them now have this literal like physical power over them. Ugh. What about elementary schools? I know. My uncle's an elementary school teacher. He has little children jumping all over him all day. Where's this gun during all of that? Is it in his, is it strapped at his waist? Is it in a locked drawer? I mean, what, what, what happens in the event that a shooter busts in the room and it's in a locked exactly. drawer? Exactly. Like, if it's strapped to the teacher, that's too easy access for all of the kids. But if it's locked away, that could waste valuable time that you might need in order for the gun to be useful at all. So it just seems, it just, I don't see any way that it makes sense. Oh man, well, I want to send everyone of you to Washington said. right now. <laughs> it's I, it's so interesting to hear you run through exactly the scenarios because clearly, when you get distanced from high school, you're not thinking of the log the exact logistics of of day in and day out. And this is the reason why I I wish I could sponsor every every one of you to go to Washington right now, so you could say exactly what you just said, and um, you know, and we continue to amplify your voices. It's just. This rhetoric just, you know, it's it's insanity. <laughs> um, speaking of, have any of you guys thought about a career in politics or activism in the wake of all of this? Well, my um, sister is actually studying at George Washington for political science, so it's always been a huge part of my life. And I know with theater, we have such a huge outlet 
to be able to share our political views and inspire others and like empathize with different points of views. And I think definitely with this, we'll continue to do that and hopefully in the future make theater that can spread our ideas. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't plan on going into politics, but I do plan on using my art politically to make change. Our goal as actors is to affect an audience member, is to change them. It's for them to watch us and for them to be changed by the end of that piece. And um, if we could, if we could change their political thoughts, then why not? I mean, I think it, I think it's really interesting to to note and to find out that so many of these students with these um, important voices from from Stoneman Douglas are actually students raised in the arts and in the theater and and, 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 and have um, artistic backgrounds because we are asked so often to examine ourselves um, <clears throat> as a part of our art and I and I think that these kids are are very much in touch with what they feel and the principles that they stand behind and are able to, uh, you know, and we use the term in acting class, but I think it's, I think it applies, but get on their voice and, and use it and, uh, and, and really start to affect this change that, that have, has inspired so many young, young adults, um, people our age, older generations, um, so many more people are behind these kids than, than, uh, than detracting from what they're doing. And uh, it's sad that we don't hear more of the, the support uh, on the on the social media feeds, but all we hear is the negative um, comments regarding their actions. Yeah, yeah. Um, if there's if there's like one solid message you want legislators both in Florida and around the country to hear right now, uh, what is it? Do what's best for us, please. Yeah, mm. I I think I would just say like sit down and take a hard look at your wallet and at the lives of the children that you're betting on and decide what's worth more. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think many people can agree on so many, uh, can disagree on so many political points, but I think one thing that we can all agree on is <laughs> murder of children in, in, you know, in educational facilities is a bad thing. Yeah. So, so it's time to stop talking about it. Right. I teach acting and, and everything behind our discussions is action. What are you doing? What not, 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 not the complacency of your moment or feeling something, but what are you actually doing? And these kids, these kids really, you know, take that to heart and they're not going to stop. So I'm certainly not going to stop um, supporting them and, and encouraging them to use those voices and to kids are like our own age sharing something on Facebook or posting something on Twitter can only go so far like actually calling our representatives and congressmen is what's going to do the actual change yeah and voting and so and yeah and I I think also like that that is a lot of what's been motivating me personally is that I am almost old enough to vote and and actually be able to like put my voice into these issues as a part of you know our country and our democracy and I think that that's a lot of like for my whole life, you know, I've been told you're a kid, like you're a kid. And so I, you know, I have opinions and like you can change the world, but then everybody wants to silence you as soon as you try. And now they can't. And we've been asking for change for years and years and years and they won't give it to us. So now we just have to do it. And it's a real thing, like calling the the offices. It's oh, like, yeah, I, I did all the, yeah. I, my, I sat down with my mom and we called everyone, every everyone <laughs> that would answer the phone. I mean, yeah. 
They have to answer. Someone has to answer. It's true. Well, they, they say, okay. And a lot, yeah, and a lot of these offices were taking tallies of what people wanted. And they said, okay, so just to be clear, you support XYZ. Yes, that is what I want. And they say, okay, we'll, we'll pass it on to him. He'll, he'll, and, and they look at it. They actually do. Yeah, they have to. Hmm. Yeah. Democracy is an amazing thing when it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait till you're all voting age. <laughs> That's too. what I keep thinking. <laughs> I know I did. Um, I calculated it the other day. And by the next presidential election in the state of Florida alone, I think it's like 200,000 kids that are going to be of voting age. All right. Amazing. Man, it's my dr- it's my dream for those hanging chads never to get in the way of democracy in Florida again. <laughs> and that shows my age but that was the first time I got to vote <laughs> me too me too um, so Brad told me that some of you are friends with some of the Parkland students and I don't know how close in contact you've been able to be in the past couple of weeks but um, or how much knowledge you have about this but do you know how they're trying to sustain this amazing momentum that they've created while still going to school and graduating high school and thinking about college and all the things that you have to think about right now, how are they going to keep this up? Well, I mean, everyone wants to hear from them. And so they're, they're really busy right now. I mean, I, I wanted to go and say, Hey, to one of my friends. And cause I haven't, I didn't go over there since, you know, the shooting and I wanted to just, give him a hug and he was like oh I'm in California on the Ellen show like (laughs) like people want to hear from them so and that's not going to end and what he's told me what they've told me is that they're they're doing what they can to schedule like interviews and meetings sporadically like not all in one week like they're trying to do one this week one next week one the week after that so that it can stay in the media that's great. Mm-hmm. That we can relate to because of theater is their newest production they're doing, Spring Awakening, which is a show uh-huh. all about children finding the answers and finding the truth. Yeah, like children being out being lied to and then being like, wait a minute. Yeah. Was that a decision they came to after the events or was that already? No, no I, they had already. They had wow. Already. Yeah. That's so amazing. I think everybody should go see that because I think that's going to be a powerful. Yeah, that's gonna and be also yesterday was their first day back at school. Yeah, and they 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 get dismissed at eleven forty every day this week, so they're already out of school. But I mean, I my friend yesterday she texted me and she was saying like, oh, I saw the poster from Dreyfus. Um, I saw the poster from your temple. I saw they, they have ev- everywhere. I've been sending these big banners that everyone's signing. That's just kind of saying like, we stand yeah. with you. And we all wrote, you. we wrote a bunch of us wrote letters to them. They had like the station where we could write letters that they would send to the school. And we donated prom dresses and prom yeah. taxes. Oh. <laughs> our, our last production that we just finished or that we're doing this weekend and, and or last weekend as well. They, they, at the end of every show we do at school, we normally take uh, donations for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. But um, obviously, with so many students being touched and uh, you know affected by this tragedy, they changed the donations to go to students um, and supplies and teachers for their classrooms as the students came back from the from the you know the the time off. I won't say break at all. Um, <clears throat> so so you know everyone in the community around here is doing our part it's not a it doesn't make us feel 
it, it's sort of those, you know, those, it's sad that out of tragedy comes that feeling of connection and, and uh, you know, love thy brother. Um, but it really is apparent in South Florida right now. And from, from what I've heard about what they're doing in school this week, they're not even actually sitting in classes and, you know, starting lesson plans again. They're kind of just doing what they can to ease students and back teachers in. back into being there. Like yesterday, they sat in their classrooms. There was a service dog per classroom. Um, wow. And they just all sat and played with golden retrievers for three hours. And that was their school day yesterday because that's what they need to do to feel comfortable in that environment again. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, do you think it's helpful or hurtful to bring up discussions about mental health right now uh, in the classroom? Um, help in the classroom helpful because I think politically it's it's not helpful because a lot of people try to make this a mental health issue when that's not really what we need to be focusing on. But in schools, I certainly think it's helpful because that's in schools that's where we need to be starting from is making sure the kids are okay and making sure no one is feeling so alone and targeted that Mm -hmm. they may like lash out in such a violent way um at my little sister's school they started a program this week called um we dine together and it's very cute it's all all of the kids who teachers notice don't eat with anybody during lunch or don't sit with anyone they you know, they brought them all into one classroom and they all sit together and they eat and make friends. So kids that feel isolated can. And my sister's in middle school. She's in eighth grade. So these are little. Well, but that, and that's, that's probably the most difficult time. You know, start to feel that way as middle school. Middle school, yeah. You know, what I'll say on the subject is that I think what the students recognize and what what so many people do is is uh, you know detractors of the of the of the students' voices will take it and make it a uh, hey look over here point instead of no one's saying that this isn't a problem. Uh, people are just stating you know our students yeah, our young people are just stating that 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 the real problem is the accessibility of these right. weapons of horrible devices um, doesn't mean that we shouldn't still have these conversations about how can we make um, learning, you know, available to every student and and not make it something that others feel, you know, scared to go to school or don't feel safe in any way emotionally as well at, at in their school settings. Well, someone said on Facebook, someone made a Facebook status and I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Um, they said, uh, guns don't kill people, people kill people. And I said, no one is saying that a gun floated into the school <laughs> and and set itself off. No one is saying that. Yes, obviously someone who was very sick in the head went in and did that. That was a person who, however, that person fired a gun. And why a mentally ill person is able to get their hands on a gun is is really the issue. Why any civilian is able to get their hands on an assault rifle? An assault rifle. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say the best, what is the best way that we can help you? Um, we meaning adults, voting adults, uh, and uh, not local Um, I mean, yeah, just all like make it make 
I think it's important to make policymakers aware that it's just it's not just the kids who want this. It's people that are already of voting age. And so if they don't start to actually have the best interest in mind of like the people that they represent, then they're going to be voted out because they're not doing their jobs. Because I think right now the reason that they won't vote against guns is because they don't want to lose their donations from the NRA. But it won't matter if they get donations from the NRA if they aren't in office anymore. So there we kind of have to put them in between a rock and a hard place here and make them decide what's more important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, there, I read a Time article recently from another mass shooting survivor that happened uh, 25 years ago. And they said that hearing everybody speak uh, who's in high school right now, this is the first time that they've felt hopeful about change. Um, what are you all hopeful about right now? I can answer first. That's very easy for me. I'm hopeful about the future. I'm hopeful about, uh, you know, like knowing what these kids uh, have learned through this process and knowing that they're not going to rest on their laurels, but that they're going to use this as a time to um, <clears throat> act and, and act upon things that they believe and feel strongly. So I, I do, I feel a great deal of hope for the future. And I know that a lot of people my age and, and all of us that are of voting age feel this, feel similarly. So um, <clears throat> that's the first time, well, not the first time, I, I, you know, working at Dreyfus, I've felt a good deal of hope for a long time about our future, but, but watching them put things into action is, is really the most exciting aspect for me to sit back and I, I'm obviously not sitting back either. I'm going out and acting as well, but to watch them sort of take the reins is, is very impressive. And this is only the, the beginning for us. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, I just, I mean, I'm just 18. I can imagine what I, my future holds with being politically active. And because we're in such a polarizing time in our nation right now, that pretty much not doing anything is pretty cowardly, if yeah. I'm going to be honest. I mean, we're at the age where, you know, these seniors, they're going to college and and soon they'll be in D.C. And it'll be our generation who's who's able to make the decisions and will we won't we won't be silenced. Like, I don't think that our generation will will stop. I think that we will be the end to this. The clapback generation. Yes, we are. And I, <laughs> I'm hopeful that our our generation is going to just completely change the political landscape. You know, like I, it's, it's my hope that we're going to go into the world, into the adult world and become adults and become politicians and artists and doctors and lawyers and whatever we may be. But I'm, I'm hopeful that we will change the political landscape and not only in terms of policy, but also in terms of the way we talk about politics. Like Juliet was saying, like it is, or no, I think it was Nikki was saying it is a really polarizing time. Like it's, it's a lot of like pitting people against each other. But I know that like I have a lot of friends that are Republican and I I enjoy sitting down with people that have different beliefs than I do and talking about it. And so that's where I think we're really going to change the world is with how we relate to one another. Something that I noticed about the adults right now are that both sides, red and blue, Democrat and Republican, that both sides are very defensive yeah. and very aggressive. And I haven't seen that or felt that from us, from mm -hmm. the teenagers. And I think that we have the power to instill that change well, like across the board. I think that goes to your actions. You know, I think that 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 what what you're starting to see is people defensive because they're scared. 
because they're scared of of things that might change very soon you know because of what you have uh, the, the the actual power that you're starting to realize from your voices and and it is it is hopeful for me to sort of say maybe we'll be rid of a two-party system because these kids will go up and and create something brand new and and something very much inspiring that we can all get behind i that that's another aspect of my hope as well <clears throat> yeah um, we want to make sure that we didn't miss anything that you guys w- would like to speak to on this issue. Um, you're the ones still walking the schools of a high school every day. So um, is there anything we didn't touch upon that you would like to address? Um, well, something that I find very interesting is we're not technically millennials, but a lot of times we are just called like that we're, we only care about our phones and we only care about social media. And we're hoping that this is really showing that obviously that's not the only things we care about. We are going to make change and we are going to do things to help the entire population and everyone of the world and not just ourselves. Using our phones. Clearly our use of social media is working. Yeah. It's such a lazy, it's such a lazy way to write you off by saying, go eat a Tide Pod or you're in your phone. I think it's got to come out of fear, right? There's a fear. There's Mm -hmm. this is this thing that this, this older generation doesn't understand how to utilize. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, these are, that's the scary thing. These kids were able to get in contact with the people in charge right when it happened. I mean, they had interviews the, for, the whole week after they immediately had a website up. I mean, yeah. and that's just because we know how to use our computers. <laughs> what's, what's her name? Emma Gonzalez now has more followers than the NRA. Than the NRA. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, so it's, awesome. It's really, it's really, awesome. it is. It's spectacular to sit back and see out of the, the, the only thing that I'll say is, is watching the coverage that day, you know, having been a senior in 1999 in Columbine, you know, watching that happen and unfold that day and the surrealness I felt at that time was was very similar to the surrealness uh, that I felt this time, except there was a, a significant sadness being on on the on the side of being a teacher. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I. I don't think that these students um are going anywhere at, at all. Um, it is it is something, oh, th- there's where I was going. I apologize. Um, I was trying to find the blessings in every sad story that I heard. And there were so many parents that went out of the way to just reunite themselves with, uh, reunite a, a student with another parent. It was small gestures after this one horrible, you know, horrific act. And, uh, and I think that that's, that that's something that we need to remember is that no matter what out of this, out of any evilness that occurs in the world, you always see far more good overpower the evil. And, and, and I think what, what's happened is people have young people and uh, people of every age ha- have sort of jumped on this idea that um, this is going to be another positive change um, in our history. And I'm hoping that those ignorant comments um, about our generation, about this young generation go away and that they start to see this is not a group that is quiet for any reason. They're, they're using their voices in the proper way. Yeah. And I'm excited to find more blessings out of tragedy. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for everything that you're doing and your voices and taking this time with us during your lunch break in the middle of a busy high school day. And you really made me miss Dreyfus School of the Arts today so much. I love talking to you guys whenever I get the chance. Um, I really appreciate it. So inspiring. Thank you so much for being with us today and for everything that you're doing. Uh, So excited that you're taking the reins yeah, after we get. Yeah, we are grateful We're for so you. We're so grateful for you. And we stand with you and we stand with uh, Stoneman Douglas. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it, ladies. Rolling. Thanks so much for listening, Clams. And thank you again to the students of Dreyfus School of the Arts and to Brad Barfield and the theater department and the communications department, um, which I attended. Uh, thank you for giving us your time and your voice today voices today um like this has been an incredibly inspiring conversation uh and thank you to teachers everywhere yes also. um thank you for doing your job and doing it well and having more responsibility than necessary in a t- crazy time to be alive we'd love to hear <laughs> your thoughts on our conversation today and um if you're a student or a teacher Uh, We just love to hear your take on what's happening in our country right now. So um, give us a call on our hotline, 657-243-3789. That's 657-243-3789. And you'll just um, leave your name or you can say anonymous um, and leave us a little message and we'll play it and we'll keep this conversation going. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep this conversation going. Um, Also, thanks as always to Campfire Media, our network, and thanks to Ryan Counthouse, one of our amazing producers. And Thanks, as always, for listening. You can uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, leave us a little review. It it helps us a lot. And call your representatives if you feel angry right now. How do you like me now? Maybe as a chowder or on a platter with melted butter and tangy mustard in a cluster from the coast of California. A trust of luscious muscles bathed in the gravitational pull of the moon with a new batch coming soon. Fresh baked and tastefully welcoming you to the clam bake. Welcome to the clam bake. Welcome to the clam bake. Welcome to the clam bake. Campfire.